But it's good to have you here on this candlelight service. And we will have that part, of course, there at the end. I told you we were going to take a look at a prophecy that is in the Scriptures that perhaps you have heard a few times. There are songs about this. If you've ever heard the ever heard the wonderful piece, Messiah, it of course is in there, as are many others. But if you'll turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40 or look up on the screen, whichever you prefer. It begins in verse 1. It says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for he, she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Now he starts out here for comfort, and he talks about that her warfare is ended. If you look at the time when this prophecy is written, Israel's warfare is not ended. They are in the midst of it. What you have here is a prophecy that is speaking about a future event as though it has already occurred. And it can kind of th- throw you unless you know that's what's going on. So Isaiah was given a word about the future. He's speaking it as if it's the present. Even though he's in the past before this has come about. The prophecy here in Isaiah chapter 40. And I was thinking of going back and reading it. But that would just make us too long here. So I'll, I'll give it to you if you want to go and read it yourself. In Isaiah 35 verses 1 through 8. It is a prophecy of the what this prophecy says is fulfilled. So a few chapters back, he prophesies that these things will occur. And here in chapter 40, he's saying these things have. But again, it's he's speaking, speaking about the future. But that's not the part of the prophecy that we really want to take a look at. Look at verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But, answer inside yourselves, when you have heard this prophesied before, when you hear the voice of one crying in the wilderness, how many of you think that voice is John the Baptist? There's a problem with that. And it comes from the very same prophecy. We're going to jump down just a few verses, down to verse 6. It says, the voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? And then the voice gives him the things to cry. When it says here, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, the voice is not John the Baptist. The voice is the one who speaks to John the Baptist and gives him what to say. And then John comes out and says it. So the voice is actually the Holy Spirit speaking to John the words that as a prophet he would be he would then speak. So the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Prepare the way of the Lord. In order for the Lord to come, preparations are needed. Before he arrives, there have to be some preparations that are completed so that his ministry would be received in the right way. So he is told, make the preparations. If I were to ask you, 
what are the preparations needed in order for Messiah to be here? Don't don't raise your hand, but just on the inside. I know I can think of some things that the that need to be done before Messiah gets here. This is what this prophecy is about. It's about what has to be done before Messiah gets here. And yet most times we read this prophecy, we think of this prophecy, we think of John the Baptist and a messenger coming before Jesus. And we think of prepare the way. How many of you have ever given thought to what is involved in preparing the way for Messiah? Now the reason we bring this up is, is Messiah still coming? We, we still have the second coming of, of Christ. We still have the rapture that has come. If there was needed to be preparation for him to come the first time, wouldn't there also need to be preparations for him to come the second time and the third time? The second time when he comes for his church and the third time when he comes in the end. And if Elijah... We all know Elijah is coming before the second coming of Christ, but Jesus also referred to Elijah coming before the first coming. So if Elijah comes then, and Elijah comes at the end, and those preparations are made, and John did those preparations in the spirit of Elijah, guess what happens before the second coming? That same spirit of Elijah is going to make those preparations. If preparations were necessary for the first coming of Christ, if preparations are necessary for the second coming, wouldn't it be good if we knew what those preparations are? The voice said, cry out. And he said, what, oh, verse 6, let's go back to verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now this is a prophetic message. In a prophetic message, you want to see all the words that are said. Now, I made a note about this to make sure I go over with you. How many ever enjoy reading the Message Bible? The Amplified Bible? A couple of those other ones. Those are what's called a... Uh, now, the Amplified is not a paraphrase. The Amplified is a translation, but it interjects a lot of extra words. Whenever you get a translation that either interjects a lot of extra words or tries to interpret what the passage is meaning, you must be very careful when you are dealing with prophetic words. Prophetic words, once interpreted, are messed up. God says exactly what He wants to say. We may not have all the understanding of what that prophecy is, but more so than any other scripture, you got to make sure that the prophetic words, when you study them, you get yourself a good translation and make sure you understand what did God say, not what somebody said God said. So if ever you get into a prophetic word, don't be going for those nice modern translations that make it all wordy and flowery and oh, it's so much more easy to understand. Don't do that. Get your hold, get a hold of yourself of a straight translation, one of the trustworthy ones. We've talked about it in the past. If you don't, don't know whether you have one or not, talk to me later. We'll, uh, we'll help you out with that. But here, look at verse four. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. How many know those words? I know those words verbatim because I've listened to Messiah so many times, I've just had them drilled into me. I know those words. What do they mean? Now, they starts off the prophecy, remember the, the first words of the prophecy? Prepare 
the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Let me go back over to that, that verse, verse 3. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. There's question whether in the desert should be there or not. To me, it doesn't make any difference, but the wilderness shows up quite often in this, in this uh, prophecy. It, uh, it may certainly be fine for it to be there, but he says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. It is a whole lot easier to travel on a highway than it is on a dirt road. You got My grandfather used to talk to me about, about dirt roads. He was uh, old enough that he remembers York Road when it was a dirt road. How many people here remember York Road when it was a dirt road? Nobody? My grandfather's older than all you folks, I guess. He used to tell us, he said, all you had is two ruts. And your car would just settle into the ruts. Anybody driven on a dirt road? You had the ruts? Where the tires are? Where is it out? And so you have, it's, it's, it's like this, and you drive in the ruts. Because to drive out of the ruts is too hard. It's almost like a train that's just taking you right on down. You gotta stay in those, in those ruts. Well, York Road, as big as it is now, it used to just be a dirt road. And he described it as just having the, the two ruts. Two ruts going this way, two ruts coming this way. You, you line them things up. <laughs> There you go. But now that we have a highway, it's a whole lot easier to drive on it. The purpose of a highway is to make transportation and getting from one place to another easier. So prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We need to make an easy way for Messiah's message for Messiah to get here. It is the message. He is preparing people for the message that Messiah is going to bring. So he says you need to make a highway which means to plow out all that stuff that's in the way, pave something in there. They had Roman roads and they knew what paved roads were. But now look at this next verse again, verse 4. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. If you have watched the highway be made, if you go along, especially on something like the turnpike, the turnpike does this more so than any other road that you will see. If you will watch the turnpike and look at, at how it is, is made, you will notice that very often times when you get to the top of a mountain, top of a hill, especially Route 476, which is the blue route, which is the one, in case you don't know any of those things, it's the one that goes to the Poconos. One that goes north. In Pennsylvania, it's really hard to get north and south roads because of the way the mountains run. It is very easy to get east-west roads, but north-south roads are very tough. And so when they came up with the blue route and they had to tunnel through some things to get there, they made a north and south. And the reason it's, it's so well populated is because having a road in Pennsylvania that goes north and south is, is of a great help. East-west, you got lots of them. North and south, not so much. So if you go up on, on the blue route, take note of this if you haven't before. When you get to the top of the mountain, have you seen where when you get to the top of that mountain and you're on the road, that there is a whole lot of mountain on this side and a whole lot of mountain on this side? What they've actually done is they've carved the mountain out to make the mountain not as tall. But only where the road is. And they take all that material from the mountain and they put it in the low places, in the valleys. And you will notice that if you go on the blue route or a similar road like that, when you go down, you don't go down as far as the terrain around you. When you go high and you get to the top, you're not as high as the terrain around you. 
what they have endeavored to do is to flatten the road. They take the highs and they make them lower. They take the lows and they make them higher. They try and, and take some of the turns out so that it's not weaving in and out and they try and keep a road like an interstate as straight as they can. They can't make it completely straight, but it's not as curvy as, as some of the, the other roads that you would be on. They try and, and straighten that out as much. And glory to God, they take out the rough places. You're not driving on a dirt road. You're driving on smooth places. And so you can go 60, 70 miles an hour and it d- doesn't destroy your car. That's what they do when they make a highway. What does it mean to prepare the way of Messiah? Because what he has done in verse 4 is he has told you the preparations that need to be made for Messiah. So I began to meditate on this before I looked at anything, read anybody else's stuff on it. I said, I just need to meditate on this. And I came up with, well, if I'm going to say what in the world is, is the high and the lows and the rough and, the, and all this sort of stuff, I came up with some stuff. And so then I went out and I began to read some other people that I have a, a good bit of respect for. And don't you know, they came up with exactly the same thing. We were on exactly the same page. So I'm going to share this with you, and perhaps you will see where this ties into to what's going on all around us in modern day, because Messiah is coming. And understand this, if you can make preparations for Messiah to come, you can also undo preparations for Messiah to come. And what do you think the kingdom of, of hell wants to do? It wants to get rid of the way for Messiah to come. Whereas the Spirit of God wants the way made. And it's important because he has a whole prophecy about this. Every valley shall be exalted. Every valley shall be exalted. That's talking about the lowest places are going to be brought up. That means the people that are lowly and downcast they're going to be brought up. They're going to be given supernatural hope. They're going to be given healing. They're going to be given encouragement. Because if I am down in the dumps, do I receive the things from God very well? But if if all of a sudden I am told there's hope, Messiah is coming. There is hope. He's coming to, to take us take away our sin. There's hope. Forgiveness is coming. Healing is coming. Doesn't that pick up my spirits? And doesn't that open me up to hear the things of the gospel and the things the Messiah would bring? That's the first one he said. Second one. And every mountain and hill brought low. Didn't Jesus uh, come into prideful and self-righteous people who are thinking they're way up over here? What needs to happen to those prideful and self-righteous people? They need to be brought down. Keep that in mind. You're either going to be brought down through repentance or being humble. That's the two ways the Bible has for taking bring people like that down. This, the third thing, the crooked places shall be made straight. Well, there's a whole mess of crooked and dishonest people. And it needs to be changed in their ways. They need to become, they need to become right. And they need to become right with integrity. Not be, not be crooked. The crooked places need to be made straight. You got a whole lot of crooked things going on that makes it hard for the gospel to go. How many times have you heard this from people? Well, all those ministers out there, they're all just out for money. Why? Because they ran into a couple of crooked ones. And so they're all crooked. 
So we've got to take take those crooked ones and make it straight. And the rough places smooth. There are a lot of folks in this world that are rough, they're rude, they are unkind with the people that are around them. And that is a hindrance to the gospel of Christ being spread. The rough places need to be made smooth. We need to see a growth in the in the kind and caring and considerate nature in people. So, this is what preparations were going to be made. We're going to have the people that are lowly and think they are no good and God doesn't see them as any value to be brought up. We're going to take those that are so high they think they are more valuable. We're going to bring them down. We're going to take those people that are crooked. We're going to straighten them out. And we're going to take those that are rough, those that are crude, those that are harsh with people. We're going to smooth that over. That is the preparation that he gave. Verse uh, verse 5. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Once this preparation is made, the glory of the Lord is going to be displayed. And the glory of the Lord was displayed through the ministry of Jesus Christ on this earth and it's going to be displayed again. We're going to see all that glory coming when He comes. But there's preparations that need to be made. Preparations that we need to do. I'm going to read you one verse from Isaiah 35 and that is verse 8. And it says, A highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. It talks about the same highway being made. In chapter 35, it talks about it in 40. He also says, The unclean shall not pass over, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. There's going to be this highway. Now you can read over the rest of that scripture. It's pretty, it's pretty nice, but we're going to, we're going to move over here to some other things. In Luke chapter 1 verse 17. Luke chapter 1 verse 17. Speaking uh, on, on John the Baptist. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Here's what he's going to do. He is the one who's going to go, go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Doesn't that sound like what we just had in Isaiah? Now I'm going to turn over to Matthew chapter 30. There's there's two things in the Gospels I want you to see that shed light on this prophecy. Matthew chapter 3 verse 1. In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't this the main message of John? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What do you have to repent from? Well, first off, if you are lowly, do you have the opinion that God wants you to have? If you are lowly of heart, how many of you think people lowly of heart have a bad opinion of God and to blame God for things? There's a repentance and it needs to be there. People that are high and mighty, people that are proud, they have something to repent for. People that are crooked, they have something to repent for. People that are rough, they have something to repent for. So John's main message, the main thing we always hear about John is repent. Because in all four of those categories, the first thing that needs to happen is I need to repent for the attitude that I've had. Because the attitude that I have stinks and it's keeping the message of 
the Messiah from getting to me. No matter what group I fell into, I need to repent. And that's what John first starts off with. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. That's just a quote right from Isaiah. And John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who are they? Who are these people that are coming? They are the hive ones. They're the ones that need to be brought down low. And so when he first sees these people coming, what's the first thing he does? Tear them down. We've got to take them high places. We've got to move them down. They think too much of themselves and they don't see God doing what He needs to be doing. Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Don't just look like you're repenting. Have the fruit of it. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And now... Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he was coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Does it sound like he is high and mighty? And it doesn't sound like he's low either, does it? Seems like he's got a pretty good idea where I'm supposed to be. I'm not up here and I'm not down here. I'm right here where I need to be. Right here is where God can minister. That's what he did. Where do we leave off at? Verse. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is John's ministry. John's gone after it. He, if you're in sin, man, he's calling it out. He did that with Herod. He didn't care Herod was the king. Herod could kill him. You're in sin, I'm calling it out. I don't care where you are, high and mighty, we're pulling you down. You folks that are low, he lifted them up. Those folks that were doing crooked things, he spoke words to straighten them out. Those folks that were rough, mm-mm. we got to smooth this out, folks. Now, one more verse of Scripture. This is another prophetic word. In Luke chapter 1. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Guess who... We're speaking about here. Who is the son of Zacharias? John the Baptist. This is his father. Remember, he was not able to speak all the days of the pregnancy until the child was born and he wrote on the tablet and says, call him John. And once he was able to do that, then his mouth was open and he was able to speak. And here's what he says. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. This is a prophetic word. This is not a teaching of Zacharias. This is a word of prophecy that God gave him. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Now we get going. We just started. 
verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. The prophet of Jesus, the prophet of Messiah. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. Once again, the preparation of the way. You need to go out there before and prepare the way. To make the way clear. To make the way easy to to traverse. You need to go out there. You're going to be going out there into some barren country. You need to to go out there and take the high places down. You gotta take the low places and raise them up. You gotta straighten out the road. You gotta get rid of those rough places. Verse 77. Here's where he's talking about the preparation of the way. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. This is the first, there are three things in this. The first one is to give knowledge of salvation to his people for the remission of sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. Tender mercy goes to people that are not low, they won't receive mercy. Not people that are high, they don't qualify for mercy. People that are right in the middle, right where they're supposed to be. They'll receive the mercy. Number two, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To give knowledge of salvation. To give light to those who sit in darkness. And here's the third one. To guide our feet into the way of peace. To give knowledge of salvation. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. Are people that are brought low, are they not people that sit in darkness? And in the shadow of death, even people that are higher are that way. To guide our feet into the way of peace. The people that are rough, the people that are crooked, they're not going in the way of peace. They're going in the way of selfishness. They're going in the way of anger towards other people. They're very rough, they're very rude. To guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Prepare the way. The way for Messiah needs to be prepared. We're going to see, we see some things going on in our nation and, and certainly we've seen these things going on before, but we're seeing it, it escalated quite a bit. How many would say we've got a lot of people that are just identified themselves that they are high and lifted up. And they need to be brought down. And God will be involved in that bringing down as well. But there's going to be people in the body of Christ that are going to be speaking things out like John to bring them down. Not to, not to tear them down down to the bottom. They need to get brought down into the, into the middle where they can receive the, the mercy. There are people that are all the way down to the bottom, have no hope, the word of God needs to be spoken to them to bring them, bring them up. There are people that are doing crooked and scandalous things. Surely we saw that even just this week with all of our Congress passing stuff that it's just, it's hideous that they're, that they're going to spend money that we don't have on things we don't need. All covered up by some $600 fee that everybody's going to get. 
I heard somebody yeah, did the math on it, that if you did the, 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 did the uh, $600 to all the Americans, they say, it'd be just under $200 billion. I'm not saying that that should be done or that's enough. Or I'm not even trying to comment on that. But if you've got a bill that's over $900 billion and 200 is going to do what they say it's going to do, that's over $700 billion that's going to do other stuff. So why are we calling the bill what we're calling it? Because apparently that's not his main focus. But you see, there's crooked people in there. Because what happens, a whole mess of people get in Congress and they say, well, I've got somebody over here and if I get them some money, they'll give me some money back. It's crooked. And I, I saw the count in the vote, folks. There's only six people who voted against this thing. That means people on both sides are voting for this thing. That means there's corruption and there's stealing on both sides. Not just one. I'd like to write a letter to all six people who voted against it and say thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. But we see something that's going on in our country and we have to make, make sure that we're on the side that there's a whole lot of rough places that are popping up. Now I'm noticing that you, you can almost not even say hi to people the way you used to be able to say hi to people. And without getting a rough answer. I was outside a couple a number of weeks ago running and you know you, I'm on the side of the road I'm supposed to be on. And there's other people coming down on the other side of the road. And there's people who are on the side of the road I was on. And so I stepped out into the road to go around them. They're walking. And uh, as soon as I got past them, the woman, it's a man and a man and a and a wife, the woman shouted out some nasty things at me. I mean, horrendously nasty. I didn't pay any attention to her. Just kept on going. Because for the fact that I was not wearing a mask and I came dangerously close to them. I was not dangerously close. I swung out on the outside. I was in the middle of the road. Came down the other side. <laughs> but harsh words. If you pass people in the store and if you get too close, how many have ever heard some harsh words that have come? And it seems like people are just launching out with harsh words because in order for preparations for the gospel to be made, one of the four things that Isaiah prophesied was to make their rough places smooth. John the Baptist was not the only one because he was not the only voice. The only, the voice was the Holy Spirit speaking and the people that would listen to that voice and speak those things out are the people making the preparations John was the one who came in the spirit of Elijah but there's other people who could also go out and do the same thing we can be one of the voices that speak the words of the voice but you're going to be out there for doing doing four things high places Brought down, the low brought up, the rough made smooth, and the crooked made straight. We have to make sure that we are keep ourselves in a place where we are in that middle. And I speak to those that are high, just like John spoke to them, to bring them down. And we bring those that are low, and we bring them up. 
We take those that are crooked and we call out sin when we see it. But we call them out for the purpose that they come back. Because the idea of being one of those voices who speaks the words of the voice is to prepare the way for Messiah. But the enemy is trying to de-prepare, to unprepare, to make the way for Messiah not go so well. And so now we've got all kinds of things that are going on trying to keep people out of church. Try and keep people out of having holiday times. How many of y'all know getting together with your family is just a cool thing? And it just helps build us up and encourage us. And all these kind of things are going on. I have to hear what the voice says so that I become a spokesperson for that voice. That I can be one of those who makes the high places low, the low places brought up, the rough places smooth, and the crooked places straight. These four things are what prepared the way for Messiah the first time. And these four things are the things that are going to prepare the way for Messiah the second time. But the enemy is going to try and unprepare our ways. And so you will see more of the rough places. You will see more of the crooked places. You will see more of the high places. And you will see more of the lows. Because the enemy knows, I don't care if you are high and I don't care if you are low. As long as you are high or you are low, you are not ready for the message of the gospel. I don't care if you're crooked, I don't care if you're rough. As long as you are one or the other, you will not be in a place to hear the the message of the Messiah. Will you be one of the voices that speak the words of the voice? You gotta be tuned into the voice. You've got to be tuned into the things that God has to say. And you've got to be like John. I don't care what family says. I don't care what my friends say. I don't care what others say. If God said it, this is how I'm going to stand on it. This is what I'm going to do. And when those Pharisees came in, his first thing was not, Welcome. Oh, it's good to have you here. Who warned you <laughs> to get out? He was not, he was not uh, very kind, it would seem. But they were up high. You have a hard time bringing people up high down to where they need to be without being a little uh, straight with them. And he certainly was. He was very straight with those folks and told them what was going on. In the end, what side will we be on? Will we be one of those speaking the voice, the words of the voice who prepares the way of Messiah? Or will we be one of those who speaks other words that cause it to be unprepared. Make sure that you yourself don't pick up this attitude that is growing around with people. That you get nasty with those who don't see things the way you see them. You get angry. You get rough. Don't be one of the ones that are rough. Be one of the ones that prepares the way for Messiah. Call out things that are not supposed to be there. You can certainly call them out. But we can call them out in love or we can call them out in hate. One's being rough. One's being smooth. Listen to the voice of God. And if God says, John, those are Pharisees. Call them out. Then you do. 
that the voice said, John, these people don't feel real good about themselves. They're not in a position to receive the mercy and the grace I have for them. Build them up. And he would speak that. What words will you be speaking over this Christmas season and in the year to come? Would you all stand up with me? We have our candlelight part of the service.